0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, September 14th, 2014. David, the battle. He knew about shepherds, <laughs> and he knew about the valley of the shadow of death. He was there many times in his lifetime. Most well-known probably being the, uh, the shadow of death where he met with the giant Goliath. That's our focus this morning in our series, David. Today, the battle.
1: Good morning again, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones, and I just got to say, Mitchell, I know you're hiding over there, but awesome job on that. That's our own Mitchell Wiseman.
0: And my name's Alan Jones.
1: We're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today, for this word found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Stretch us, Lord, grow us, and please implant your word into our hearts so that we might be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody in agreement said, Amen. Amen.
0: So a little background for today's story. The the Philistines were sea people who had moved to Palestine from Crete, a Greek island. And they settled along the eastern uh, coast of the Mediterranean Sea, an area known as the Mediterranean Plain. The Israelites were clustered east of there in, in the Judean mountains. In the, um, in the second half of the 11th century B.C., before Christ, the Philistines began moving east through what's known as the Elah Valley, a very popular valley because it led right to Jerusalem and right to, the, to Bethlehem, all the major centers there. Their goal, the Philistines' goal, was to capture the mountain ridge near Bethlehem in order to split the nation of Israel in two. And these Philistine armies, they were battle-tested and they were dangerous.
1: And that brings us to, drum roll please, the battle, the battle. The Philistines have set up camp along the southern ridge of this Elah Valley and the Israelites are on the other side along the northern ridge, and the two armies are looking across at each other, and there's this ravine in between, and neither one is willing to move. Finally, the Philistines send their greatest warrior. His name was Goliath. That's awesome.
0: That sounds kind of wimpy. Yeah, his name was... What was his name?
1: Goliath Uh. into the valley of battle where the Israelites... (laughs) were for this one-on-one death match, it's known as single combat. This was not an uncommon practice at this this time. In order to avoid heavy uh, fatalities and armies, sometimes they would pick their biggest and their brightest on either side, and they would do this one-on-one combat, hand-to-hand, winner-take-all.
0: And that is exactly what Goliath was expecting as he stepped forward from the ranks that day. And he was he was well equipped for such battle. Here's how the Bible describes this giant of a man. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. Say it with me. He was over nine feet tall. That's a big guy. He wore a bronze helmet. His bronze coat of mail, that's like armor, weighed 125 pounds. Say 125 pounds. That's a lot of poundage. He also wore bronze leg armor, carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed, say with me, 15 pounds. His armor bearer, like... So he needs somebody to protect him. His armor bearer walked ahead of him, carrying a shield. Yeah. Well,
1: not only was he well-equipped, Goliath was very confident as <laughs> he stepped out and he issued a challenge. Catch this. Goliath stood and shouted, shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. He must have had a really big voice, too. <laughs> Why are all of you coming out to fight? He called, I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Saul was the king at the time. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, They were terrified, and what were they? Deeply shaken. So this is the challenge that Goliath shouted, was taunting them 40 days, morning and night. I mean, can you imagine just hearing that verbal battle, that challenge? But there were no takers in this Israelite army. Any wonder why? I mean, who in their right mind would challenge this mammoth of a man? Mm. It appeared hopeless, hopeless for the Israelites. Send me a man,
0: Goliath said. And then along comes David. <laughs> 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 a mere boy, a shepherd boy. Boy is the key word here, boy. His three oldest brothers, you know, he had like seven brothers. The three oldest were part of the encamped Israelite army. Um, and Jesse, the father, had sent David out to the battle zone with food. It lo- they must have done things a little different then than they do now. Sent food out. And, and he got there. Just as the Israelite army, they must have moved away from the battle site for sleep or whatever, because he got there just as they were leaving for the battlefield and shouting their battle cries. (laughs) Sounds pretty funny when they got there. Um, The Israelites and the Philistines moved into position, facing each other across the Elah Valley, ready to do battle. David left the food with the supply keeper, ran to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath stepped forth from the front lines of the Philistines, and David heard him shout his twice-a-day challenge.
1: Well, the Israelites ran; they were <laughs> they were scared. battle ready. It says, "Yeah, they were battle. They were <laughs> scared to death of this giant who defied Israel on a regular basis, twice a day, every day." Now, David was told that there was a reward anybody who could slay this giant of a man. Now the reward was for killing this Philistine (laughs) was the king would give his daughter in marriage. Call me crazy, but I just am a little offended by that. (laughs) But anyway, this next one makes sense to me. (laughs) that he would exempt the warrior's family from future tax payments. Now, that makes all the sense in the world. Giving his daughter away.
0: She must have been very valuable.
1: (laughs) Really? Okay.
0: (laughs) To make the story a little more interesting, we get a little sibling rivalry going, too. David's oldest brother, Eliab, who we met last week as they came before Samuel to see who was going to be the future king, he overshear his twerpy little brother David asking about the reward, and he gets all over David for first leaving his sheep, and then for being so conceited, and then for just being there because he wanted a ringside seat at a bloody battle. I don't know, something's going on here with as Eliab attacks David instead of Goliath. <laughs> Perhaps it's his way of covering up his own fear. Anyway, King Saul hears of this conversation, and he calls for David, calls him in. Master, David said to Saul, don't give up hope. I'm ready to go and fight the Philistine. Can you picture it?
1: Yeah, I mean, imagine (laughs) it. This shepherd boy, this boy, this boy coming before the king, this boy pitted against this mountain man. Well, Saul does try to convince David that he's too small, he's inexperienced, he can't fight the giant, but David points out that he has fought and killed lions and tigers and bears, oh my. No,
0: no, no, no tigers, just lions and bears.
1: Yeah, but that was my favorite line (laughs) in the whole sermon. So anyway, not true, not true, it's just fun, it's Just, just fun. Just trying to keep
0: it accurate, you know. Yeah.
1: So David is so offended by this man who defies the armies of the living God. The armies of the living God. The same God that rescued David from the lions and the bears will rescue him from the Philistine. He was so convinced of that and what's more incredible than David's willingness to go and fight this giant was that Saul was willing to let him go do it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but he does try to protect David. He does his best. He gives David his armor. Now, remember last week we said Saul stood a head above those around him, so he's a pretty tall guy. David's a little guy. I remember in our previous church, we kind of enacted this. We had this little kid, and he put on one of the big guy, football guy's um, uniform and shoulder pads and everything from, you know, and it looked so crazy because this it was overwhelming, just like with David. It was too big. And besides that, David wasn't used to the equipment. He never wore armor. That wasn't him. He, he just couldn't do it. That wasn't his way of going into battle. So he takes off this kind of ridiculous gear for him. And instead, he picks up five stones. You probably, many of you probably will remember the story. Picks five stones from a stream puts them in his shepherd's bag, his sack, and armed with these stones and his shepherd staff and his sling, it's not a slingshot, but a sling that you would actually sling the stone. He takes just those things, stone, sling, and staff, crosses the valley to fight the giant. Really important lesson here. You can't battle in someone else's armor. You can't battle in some say it, will you? You, you can't, can't battle, battle in, in someone, someone else's, else's armor. Turn to the person next to you, say, you can't battle in someone else's armor. That's just not a battle lesson. It's a life lesson. You have to live your life, not someone else's. You gotta use your gifts your talents, your strengths, you've got to manage your own weaknesses. No one can do it for you and you can't do it for someone else or through someone else. (laughs) Say it one more time. You You can't can't battle battle in someone someone else's else's armor. armor. Amen. Amen.
1: There's a book called David and Goliath and it's written by a guy named Malcolm Gladwell. Great book. And he tells us that Goliath expected a warrior like himself to come out with some to do some of this hand-to-hand combat. Not someone like this, but someone with strength and the same size. Someone prepared the old-fashioned way. And he didn't get what he expected. David, with a sling and his stones, his staff... Hardly what Goliath was expecting, but hardly what Goliath was prepared for. Think about that. Now, when Goliath sees David, he is insulted by this. And he, like, he talks like really bad to David. He curses him uh, by the names of his gods and tells David to come over to him, and he'll give David's flesh to the birds and the animals.
0: But David is not intimidated. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. Really important line for you never to forget. The Lord rescues his people. Can you say that? The The Lord Lord rescues rescues His his people. And you are his people. The Lord rescues his people. But not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle. And he will give you to us. (laughs) He's a tough little guy, isn't he?
1: (laughs) And here's why he's a tough little guy. Because he had complete faith in God. Complete faith in the name of God. And so in the name of God, he, David, would prevail that day. He would conquer the giant on the battlefield unlike the the trembling troops that were standing on the sidelines they were paralyzed with fear david was ready to put his faith into action ready to not only face his giant but to conquer him
0: Mm. and so then we come to the part of the story that many of you are probably very familiar with as goliath moved in closer to attack him David quickly ran to meet him. He reached into his bag, into his sack. He took a stone and he slung it, striking the Philistine in the forehead. The stone stank into his skull. Some I read said uh, the Romans later had tongs designed because it would get so deep they'd have to pull it out with tongs. That's how deep it would embed in someone's body. Strike the floor in the forehead, sunk into the skull, and he fell face down. On the ground, dead. Wow. David was triumphant in the battle with the giant, with merely a sling and a stone. That's pretty incredible, don't you think? Some people, I think, would say (laughs) that it was miraculous. Miraculous. But I would say, not really miraculous. You see, David had been practicing for this moment for a very, very, very long time. He didn't realize he'd been practicing for this moment, <laughs> but he was, and God knew it. It's kind of like, anybody seen that original Karate Kid movie? Let me see, any hands there? Well, if you haven't, you're going to enjoy this piece, because we're going to talk about hand, uh, wax on. Wax off. (laughs) Let's take a look at that. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. Great movie. <laughs> I especially like when he says, breathe, because so many times when I'm faced with it, you just <gasps> but breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. See, this karate kid did not know what he was being trained for, but he was practicing and practicing. He didn't really know what it was all about. Slinging stones took great skill and practice in the hands of someone who was experienced a sling and a stone they were deadly an experienced slinger was able to kill someone like a distance of 200 yards that's the length of two football fields
0: see david had been using his sling as a weapon for as long as he'd been a shepherd protecting his sheep from predators like the lions and bears And so it wasn't a miracle that he was able to take down Goliath that day. It was a deep faith in God and years and years and years of practice leading up to that moment. God used what David had learned as a shepherd, allowed him to use it to his advantage that day. The fact is, Goliath was the underdog, not David. Goliath's size and his strength and all that armor and the weight of his weapons actually worked against him on the field of battle that day. David had the advantage of being able to move freely, to use his speed, his maneuverability. David was able to take advantage of Goliath's one point of vulnerability with all that armor, all that protection, one point, his unprotected forehead. And see, all that practice allowed him to be able to pinpoint that stone exactly to that spot as he'd been doing out in the field for years and years and years. That coupled with Goliath's inability to move quickly, on that day, Goliath was at the disadvantage.
1: So once again, this is a great story. It's found in, excuse me, <laughs> 1 Samuel. Chapter 17, but what does that have to do with Well, a lot of good details. You ought to read the whole today. chapter yourself. Yeah. What does this have to do with you and me? Everything. Absolutely everything. God used David's shepherd boy stone slinging skills in a whole new way that day. David didn't realize what he was doing when he was practicing out in the field. He had been practicing for years. He was getting ready for this battle matchup with Goliath. Mm.
0: You know, in school, English was never my best subject. I didn't flunk it and all that, but I was always much better math, science. If it hadn't been for 11th grade trig, I would have been an engineer, but that's a whole other story for another day. But in college, I took freshman English, and the teacher I had was just a marvelous teacher. And I developed a love for English and thought teaching it would be, I thought I wanted to be a teacher, and I thought the most interesting thing to teach would be English. I learned after four years of doing that that I was wrong, but for me. But I'd still been trained in that way. And so there were times my next career was selling that I, sometimes in the midst of selling, I'd be thinking, did did I waste time, money, and energy getting this this English degree? Isn't it funny how God uses um, what we've practiced, what we've done, what we've been schooled for, even though we might not see where that's going to go? I never would have guessed when I was in high school or even in college, even at the end of college, even after getting that degree, that... um, that I'd be writing an 8- to 10-page analytical paper every week and sharing it publicly as we're doing right now. I never would have dreamed that. And uh, I'm sure my teachers wouldn't have either. <laughs> uh, who who would have who known, who would have guessed back in college that that's where it was going to end up? I'll tell you, God knew. God knew. And God prepared me long before I knew what that preparation was truly all about.
1: So what about you? Maybe um, well probably yes there will be a giant in your future or maybe you're facing one right now maybe there's one right now and on your own the odds feel like they're against you that you might even lose the battle and you consider this giant and you feel like the Israelites as they looked at Goliath and issued the challenge, 40 days, and sometimes our giants go on much longer than 40 days, don't they? Sometimes our giants go on for years. And what happens is we begin to feel a little bit hopeless, or maybe a lot hopeless, that things will ever change. Be encouraged, Connection Church. Think about the shepherd boy, David, Facing a monster warrior in the battlefield, he had faith and he knew that God was with him. God had been preparing him for battle without even knowing it. God used his past.
0: So, God was with David, and God is with you and me. And God has prepared you, God can use your past. It might be a skill or a talent. It might be something you learned along the way, maybe something you practiced and honed through hours and hours and hours of practice. Uh, And funny, God may use that in some way you never even dreamed of. To conquer a giant of one type or another, maybe a mission or ministry opportunity, maybe a personal challenge, maybe helping a friend with a personal challenge, Facing a challenge that you can't even imagine possibly at this point in your life. You know, God might even use a hurt of one kind or another from your past. You know, they say, God never wastes a hurt. God can use those past hurts, those past uh, learnings, those past things that you did over and over again to conquer some giants. Yours and, and possibly even maybe those around you to glorify God and to build up others.
1: On the battlefield that day, it appeared that Goliath had the upper hand, that David was the underdog. It was all over but the shouting. But the truth was, David had the advantage. Here's why. He trusted God. He trusted God, and God used David and what was in David's sack. Don't let the giants intimidate you. Don't let the giants intimidate you. Be open to the challenges and be battle ready. How are we battle ready? We're prayed up, we're read up through the Bible, we read the Bible, we hang out with friends, we practice, and when the battles hit, when the challenges hit, we are ready because like David, we can trust and know that God is with us. That God conquers. God is doing the fighting. We need to be still and let God do what God does best. I don't know if he's here yet, but my dad's coming at 11 o'clock. Now, he's got this Goliath going on in his life, and it's my life too. But he's facing that giant square in the face, and. All of us have these giants. So be battle-ready and trust God with everything you've got. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for the story of David and Goliath, this truth of how God used a shepherd boy David, an example for us when we feel um, afraid, that we know that you are with us and that you will help us face anything that's ahead and that you prepare us. God, thank you for everyone here today and help us support one another as we go through these challenges and through these battles. And thank you, God, that... uh, You are the one who is triumphant and we just get to be in your presence 24-7-365. We thank you for the voice of truth, your truth that speaks into our lives. Pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everybody gathered said, Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our
1: website, at ConnectionCC.org or on Facebook at Facebook.com ConnectionCC. You can also contact our church office at
0: 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church,
1: connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.